it's so cool to get to see you on Zoom. Uh, we met in person, gosh, it's been uh, almost two years ago, I guess, in the uh, in a pizza place in lovely Swannano, which quite a few people on the call will know. They're part of the Asheville team, part yeah. of the mentees, the ment mentor group. Sure. Um, and so it was great to see kind of a lunch and learn over pizza, a humble yeah. little place in Swannanoa, you know, but what a connection, man. It's great to see you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that was our, that was our um, probably uh, most stressful lunch and learn. We had uh, um, Shannon Pyatt was the one that scout the location because he was living in Marion. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like there's people ordering right behind us. How are we going to do this? But, you know, <laughs> you make, you make uh, uh, lemons with lemonade and, and, and it worked out fine. But um, I've had, you know, this is my second uh, stab at growing in Asheville because my wife and I are moving there and we have a house in Black Mountain. Sweet. I and, knew about the Black um, Mountain house, dude. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. And then we we bought um uh land on Allen Mountain that overlooks Black Mountain to build a house on. So we're so we're gonna be relocated out there. And I tried to connect with Clarissa because I'm a big fan as well. Yeah. And um anyway, um I wasn't I wasn't able to get traction that time. So I I gave it a six month break. I'm not one to quit. Yeah. And then I refocused and, and we just brought over um, 12 agents in 12 days. Oh, and, sweet. Um, yeah, we brought over Julie Tallman, who's a $14 million producer for uh, Ingle Voger, uh, Suzanne Arthur, who was their second top producer, uh, Justin Purnell, who was at Nest, uh, Steve Heiselman, who was the KW uh, broker in charge for Elite. Um, and then they brought over five or six more people. So we're starting to grow. And um, that's going to cause me to be there more, which is a good thing. Awesome. That's awesome, yeah. man. Well, I, I was chatting with Julie on LinkedIn too, and she was hoping to join us today. So she may be able to be with us, but uh, cool. man, this is kind of, you know, that we've got a lot of new agents and part of my heart is really to help it. You know, I, the failure rate in the industry is way too high, you know, and uh, like Tony Robbins says, success leaves clues. And so what I like to do is to talk with people about, you know, especially if they could talk to their, first year real estate agent self, you know, go back yeah. there, you know, you're coming from a background where you were already appraised an appraiser. So high level of knowledge coming into real estate yep. sales, um, started your own thing and then gradually kind of built the team thing, which is something that a lot of us aspire to. And then, you know, to actually be in a sense, an investor, you know, in the model yeah. that is incredible that we all kind of know part of if you're with EXP. Um, tell me about that journey from the early days when Rich, was thinking, man, this appraisal thing is, I mean, I should, I should maybe think about being an agent and then the journey from appraiser to agent and how that kind of grew. Yeah. It, it grew by a move from Florida to North Carolina. So I was an appraiser uh, in Florida in uh, Broward, uh, Palm beach and Dade County. And uh, so South, South Florida. And when I moved to North Carolina in uh, May of 2005, um, I was uh, kind of at a crossroads where I was going to continue and get a new appraisal license here, or I was going to go into the sales side. And I was kind of reflecting on what the last six or seven years looked like. And I always felt like I drove the worst car to the appointment. There was always somebody in a Mercedes with the air conditioning on that didn't get out of the car, that didn't provide comps, that didn't have any liability from the sense that an appraiser does. And that was going to make $20,000 on that house sale. And I was going to make $350. So um, I, I had about a 40 second epiphany. And I said, listen, I'm on the wrong side of this business. 
So I got my real estate license um, in 2006. And then um, I did nothing with it initially. And then I hung it in December of 2006 with Remax. And, you know, there, there's an advantage of being an appraiser in the sense that it's not all green to me. I have very good fundamental understanding about a part of the business that most real estate agents never, never gain understanding in. Right. But it didn't help me pay my bills. I mean, <laughs> I had zero experience in sales. I was petrified of talking to strangers and getting rejected all the time. The internet was not this robust machine that it is now. I mean, I literally had the white pages, a Blackberry and a yellow pad. Oh, and cool. I was, I was uh, in North Carolina with no friends, no acquaintances. I didn't even know my neighbors yet. So, um, so anyway, so it was a daunting task. And what I decided to do, I, I, I asked the owner of Remax uh, what advice they would give me the same exact question. And she said, um, you list to last. Yep. You, have, you should be a listing agent. Yeah. So, well, I mean, if you think about leverage, you can only work one set of buyers at a time, right? I mean, unless you're going to work two different couples and look at two different price ranges and they're going to get along and sit in your back seat, it's going to be very difficult. So, <laughs> so you're, you're trying to scale a hero all the time. And with listings, you know, I was able to manage up to 72 listings was my maximum by myself. Wow. So, so you can leverage a lot of listings. I probably should have had an assistant at the time, but uh, I was, you know, locked within this immature brain of being in my late twenties and early thirties when I was experiencing this. So, so anyway, we had, um, we realized that our bandwidth is much better. So I started to um, think about which ways I would get listings. And, you know, I hadn't, I, I didn't go to church at the time. So that was going to be an outlet. My sphere of influence was zero. I wasn't even on Facebook. Social media wasn't, didn't exist to, unless you were in college. Right. So, so I was, I was, I was pretty much caught down to prospecting. I had no choice. So um, even lead generation was hard to buy leads. You could run ads, you could farm neighborhoods, but lead generation, the way that we know it today was, was different then. So I started calling people um, in the white pages mm. and oh, I oh. was using um, for sale by owner.com and fsbo.com and owners.com. And I was using the blend between the two of them. Every time I would strike out multiple times on one, I would shift to the other. And uh, I was butchering the phone calls. Uh, the best part about the phone call uh, that I had was I would be able to introduce myself and everything would go downhill from there. Oh, and um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was really rough. And I, at some point, found, um, I remember my client, he was a Romanian guy. Uh, his name was Daniel Zremton, and he had built two $800,000 houses side by side about a mile from my office. And he was open to talking to me. So I went over there and I pitched him on being a listing agent for him. And I think my pitch was something like, listen, I'll set up a tent outside and personally hand flyers in the cars, but I have zero business and I cannot go home at five o'clock with zero business. This is my first week in the business. I need to make something work. I used to be an appraiser. I can tell you what your house is worth. I know all the marketing materials, but th these are my limitations. Uh, the positivities that I would have, hi, Julie, the positivities that I would have would be I would work cheaper. I took a 5% yeah. listing and that I would be accessible to one client. And it worked. And um, I sold both houses and that built uh, instantaneous confidence. Yeah. And $800,000 homes, boom, boom. Yeah. In a week. Back to back. Yep. At 2% each. And then at that point, I uh, started to make that uh, a daily discipline. 
where I called FISBOs and expires. Actually, I called so many for sale by owners that the owner of for sale by owner.com called me and threatened me with a lawsuit. Oh, man. <laughs> and I said to him, I go, listen, you could sue me. That's no problem, but you're not going to gain anything. I have nothing. So go right ahead. Here's my address. Send me the letter. And he, he sort of laughed it off, honestly. And um, at one point, my first year, I had 40 listings. Um, I had taken 29 off his website that only had uh, 30 that were, was in my region. Oh, wow. So, so we, we, we just really worked uh, the prospecting. And then as I became a listing agent, um, we used to get sign calls back then. Unfortunately, they would go to the agent on duty and then somebody else would take them. So I realized that if I'm losing all my leads, I better start working this agent on duty. So I gave up my office at Remax that I was paying $900 a month for. And I just parked myself on every phone duty. And that was my new office. I was always the guy up front. <laughs> and I would take in all the calls and I started working buyers. And I was like, I hate this. I am not a good buyer's agent. I'm talking everybody out of buying houses and they want to buy a house. So they don't need me. And, uh, uh, and I can't seem to get out of my own way. So I hired uh, a buyer's agent at Remax, uh, Amy Collins, who was fantastic. And she took all the buyers and I took all the listings. And we started to scale a team right away. Uh, I think I had a team of five within f four or five months of being licensed. Wow. Wow. That's it. That's a quick ramp up. And so you went with the buyer's agent because you realized that wasn't a strength, which is a no. success clues, saying your strengths, right? Sure. And, and not a transaction coordinator yet, right? No but went with producing um, team members that can help fill the gap, you know, of it's like, oh, okay, that's not a strength for me, but it is a strength for her. So let's flow with that, right? Yeah, you know, the transaction coordinator was not a very popular role back in 2006. Yeah. And, um, you know, I had been an appraiser, so I am not a C personality type on the disc, but because of uh, being an appraiser for so long, I was able to adapt and be able to do back-end work efficiently and, 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 and competently. So we were doing our own paperwork and we, we started rocking and rolling with that thing. We actually, um, we just sold so much real estate in a short period of time based on two things. I was time blocking in the morning and, and going on the, the offense. And then secondly is we were having a lot of fun. Everybody that I had in my office was cool. And that, <laughs> that was, I think probably, you know, uh, in hindsight, one of the catalysts for me to come to EXP because I didn't want to attract agents. I was turned off by Keller Williams. They, they took me out to lunch for 12 years in a row. And I didn't want to um, sell more real estate because I barely have any brown hair on my head anyway. So I just wanted to stay put, but I, I did want to increase my culture. I was working at a company. I live in the South, you know, and I was working at a company where I was the only male in the entire building. And I was the only guy that was in my thirties at the time in the entire building. And the only one that drove a motorcycle to listing appointments, Sweet. And, right? So I wasn't fitting in and, and <laughs> I felt, mold. no, I felt, I felt like the black sheep of that place. The only reason why everybody was nice to me is that I was always on the top of the chart. <laughs> and I was like, listen, there, there's, there's gotta be some people out here that I could have more fun with. And when I came to EXP, I called uh, all my friends and some of them told me no. And some of them made a seven figure mistake. It's okay. We didn't know. <laughs> we could have very likely failed and some said yes and the ones that said yes we've all been on this cool ride that's incredible man that's incredible so i heard several success clues there okay. having fun is a key element and not being afraid to be different you know i mean yeah, who else was riding to listing appointments on their motorcycle <laughs> well listen if you have fun you'll do more of it right that's yeah. easy 
if you love exercise, you probably have, uh, uh, you're probably in reasonably good shape. And then the, the other part of that, I think that uh, what works so well for me with EXP was I am not a rule follower. I hate rules. They turn me <laughs> off. And um, I like that you can march to your own beat and do your own thing here and it can have your own flavor. I don't want to be managed. I certainly don't want to be micromanaged. And I don't want to have to conform to things that don't feel like they're within my own in, inner alignment. So, so yeah, I think that's important because out of alignment in your personal life or your professional life um, is felt in every step. <laughs> that is true, man. It's, it's, it chafes. It's kind of chafing, it you know, chafing action. You mentioned time blocking. Um, I'm curious about how uh, it was interesting talking with Barry Pulver um, and his important time for family and uh, time blocking. You know, for you, it sounds like there was some definite for sale by owner phone love uh, yes. reaching out. And I, I'm reframing with all my mentees. It's like, that's not a cold call. They've already said, I want to sell my home. And it's like, you want to help them sell their home, right? I mean, so oh. um, getting, getting the right mindset on that is key, right? It's so easy. Matthew, if you think about it, I mean, it, in any other field, you pay and you hope whatever you paid for works out. And only in real estate do you do all the work and get them to the closing table to where they're smiling and they sign a document in front of a lawyer who helps protect them. And only then two or three days later, you get paid. I mean, what do you have to lose? <laughs> right. I mean, it, to me, converting four sale by owners is like shooting fish in a barrel. And, 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 the, and the time blocking that we spent um, going after new listings, which only lasted about a year or two. I mean, then we had enough referral business. I, I've been on referral business since, I don't know probably six months in the business, but then I taught other people how to prospect. So there, unfortunately I had to prospect in front of them. Uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer in leading by example. So, um, so I ended up doing it for an extended period of time. Well, that lent itself very well to building a team at EXP that can, that can thrive because I had already had that discipline to do two hours of, of, of real solid work. I don't think we have to work 40 hours a week. Right. You know, I mean, you, if you took a, a, an eight by 11 piece of paper and you wrote down everything that only you can do on the left side, and then you wrote down all the things you have to do that day, which is endless on the right side, I rip that paper down the right vertically and I give it to somebody and pay them 20 bucks an hour. And then I go do what I can do for $2,000 an hour. Right. So, so delegating the tasks and working within your sweet spot is probably the biggest upgrade you can have when it comes to making more money and having more time, because they normally don't go together. So is that one of the success clues that you started learning the power of leverage when you built the team and you're like, okay, I, I, I can't do all this. I've got to hand some of this off. When did, when did that light bulb come on? Cause that's definitely a, a great success clue. The light, the light bulb came on when I had kids. So yeah. I, you know, I, I had my first son at around 40 and my second at 42. And as soon as I had two kids, which I never thought I'd have kids, like, and nor did anybody around me think I'd ever have kids. Uh, my parents had given up somewhere around 65 and they were like, forget it. But um, once I had the two, uh, my, my first son specifically, I remember I was holding him and I never wanted to leave the house again. Like I was, I was, it's like having a puppy and then having to put it in a cage for 12 hours and go work. It's no life for the puppy. It's no life for the owner. So, so I remember that feeling was like, Oh my, I, I just, I went through like a panic attack. I was like, yeah. if I continue at the pace that I'm at, which I feel even more pressure to because now <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a provider, right. right? But, but if I continue to do this, I'm going to miss everything. So I started to think there's two or three things that I'm inherently good at. I have a proclivity for um, reading people. 
I'm a, I'm a good people read. I come from my, you know, from South Florida. So uh, I'm, I'm reasonably street smart, come from a socioeconomic place where I was around a lot of different types of people. And then the second thing that I do very well is that I learn things that I love deeply. So like mm -hmm. I got in the shooting pool when I was like, when I should have been in 11th grade. And I ended up going and playing in semi-pro tournaments and we shot eight hours a day. We gambled $500 on a game. I don't think my net worth was more than a thousand, right? <laughs> so, my so, net worth. We yeah, got half yeah. the farm on this, man. Yeah, half the farm, right? And, and, and even half that we don't own. And so, <laughs> so by having a narrow focus, I'm able to go deep on topics. So I got kind of obsessed also with uh, uh, hot rods and classic cars. So I've had 107 vehicles, right? I mean... <laughs> And then, you know, I, 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 I'm obsessed right now. I'm kind of obsessed with EXP, which has lasted much longer because I keep getting new, interesting people enter my life and enhancing it. So that's kind of an, an, another thing. So for me, it was very easy. The things that I'm good at, only I should be doing. And everything that I'm not good at, which is about 99% of life, I can delegate to somebody else. <laughs> and they're very good at it. It's a, it is amazing to me, too, the things I've delegated to folks that are different personality, wired different, how much they enjoy the things I hate. I'm like, oh. man, that's so cool that they love it and I hate it. And it's like, OK, this is this is a great relationship. It's it's hard wiring. We're all different. Yeah. You know, I mean, one of the, the, the if there was a success clue that I had, you know, Julie Jones, which was uh, one of my my biggest competitors at my last firm who came over to EXP after two or three years of me buying her coffee and her telling me that I've lost my mind. Um, uh, by the way, who's retiring from the stock and moving to the Virgin Islands. So there's Ooh. a happy ending. Yes. Uh, Julie uh, taught me disc personalities yeah. uh, uh, types. And I realized, you know, I'm an off the charts I, high, high D and very little S and almost no C. And so, so that, that allowed me to build out my team that was well-rounded. I needed a very high C and I need a very high S in my life. And my wife is a very high S, right? Mm -hmm. And the mm -hmm. high Ds I found. And the high I's became listing agents. And the C's and the S's kept the team together, kept our egos in check, kept the fluidity <laughs> going. And it worked, it worked in harmony once we had the roadmap of how to build a team. Building a team is not adding buyers, agents, and closing uh, uh, tr transactors and all that stuff. Building a team is hiring people that are great in different areas that can stay in their lane. That's a good success clue right there for anybody that's wanting to build a team. Yeah, hire off Myers-Briggs or DISC or one of these personality types. I like Enneagrams even better. Yeah? Yeah, my, my wife has taught me uh, 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 Enneagrams, and I swear, like, to my faults and to my, my, <laughs> the good qualities that I have, my Enneagram defines me better than I knew myself before wow. I read it. What it's a uncanny. Reflection. That's a, that's a, that's a great tool. I mean, that's a success tool for knowing yourself. I mean, that's one of the things too, is when you, when you're young and brand new in the business, you're just figuring out who you are, you're figuring out what you do well. I mean, so we've got some new agents, you know, that may be 18 or 19, yeah. you know, they're trying to get a sense of, okay, they got a, they got some strengths. They're bringing some things to the table. They made it through North Carolina's exam in that, that class, which is no small, yeah. thing, you know, and so they're, they're bringing some strengths to the table for sure. Uh, but really understanding yourself is a good, another success clue. You know, as let, well. let me let me just throw a quick word out to the young people on this call. If you're 19 or 20 and you're going against a gray haired guy like me, that's in my mid 40s. I have I have a couple Guns and Roses T-shirts older than some of you guys. Right. <laughs> if you're going against someone like me, then pitch your case. What I'd say is 
why in the world would you list your house with Rich? He's 44 years old. He doesn't understand anything about technology. 99.1% of uh, uh, home buyers are looking on realtor.com or Zillow. They're finding their houses digitally, right? I have 200,000 people following me on Instagram. I don't even need the MLS. You got to pitch your case. I'm going to pitch the opposite case. If you want to uh, uh, be part of their practice and, 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 and be on their clock while they're learning, that's a great experiment. What I'm showing you is a proof of concept. We've done this half a billion dollars of sales in this neighborhood, you know? So we're all pitching against each other, but if you don't have a case to pitch, you're just going to get eaten up. And I think that there's a very strong case to pitch for people that are 19 or 20. I really do. For sure. For sure. Especially with Insta and so much of the social, really, especially for the millennial buyers, having knowledge and being able to work that that whole sphere and uh, realm that sometimes those of us are a little older or a little challenged by. Yeah. If, if, if I was starting this all over again, I would just honestly go, I would create a YouTube channel. I'd buy a $700 um, YouTube camera. We just bought one. It's like not that big of an investment. And I would film the city that I sell in and every cool spot in it, every neighborhood, every condo building, every multi-unit, I would be interviewing uh, investors, agents, doing open houses. I mean, you could just operate solely off YouTube. Yeah. Right. So it you just do, all depends you, what you like. Do what you like. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. I'm just speaking sure. 20 year olds like video. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it's and it's so. amazing how much Google likes video, too. You know, as yeah, far as I like video. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's we Google loves video. We, we often we often will watch that more than we will broadcast television. You know, I don't know where the, the split is in terms of you know, consuming media, but, uh, it is, it's interesting to be able to give tours that way. And even, even the, the opportunity of lives, Facebook lives, um, yes. being, streaming Facebook lives, you know, the streaming starts of platforms, you know, um, I was going to ask you a question about teams again. So, so when did you say, okay, we're ready for a team. I need help. Um, what, what was it? What level of stress or, effort were you putting forth when you said okay rich we need uh, the buyer the buyer transition saying well i really working with buyers i'm not good at was that the the point at which you said okay we might just no. build a team here no 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 I, I i'm not reactive i'm pretty proactive uh, i'm hardwired that way i i like to address things uh preemptively my dad had me playing chess since i was four so i'm trying to stay six or seven moves ahead all the time which makes me neurotic, but it can be a positive in, in, in business. Um, what, where, where I decided that I want to have a team is when I, when I realized that I'm good at getting the business. Yeah. Once we unlocked that door, everything else was semantics. So as soon as I realized that I could do, like if I was buying leads and spending 50 grand a, a month in leads, same, same decision comes. Right, right. So, like, so chess and pool is success clues be, becoming good at chess and pool not a bad thing comes in handy at times right? <laughs> well, i think my dad would have preferred that i stayed on the chess uh, category <laughs> but um i definitely um but i think i honestly learned how to deal with people in pool halls so there's a benefit yeah. of it in, in you know bartending so there's there's a, there's a benefit for your life experience you have to know where that plugs in um to me in this business in 2021 you're a lead generator or you're a hobbyist you're one of the two wow and if you're and if you're and if you're not going to figure out leads, then you have to be quite popular. Mm. And for the popular people, this is a business you should be in. Yeah. If you were the mayor of your town, you might want to consider getting a real estate license. Right. Um, if talking to people makes you freeze up and go into cold sweats, don't worry. We have other ways to generate business. Don't spend your time calling for so by owners. 
work on on geo farming or try to get on video because you can edit edit it and, and and make it the way that you want it to look or um buy leads and go through kv core or or, or go into boomtown there's a thousand ways I, I have a lead generator ed bolanter who's the, probably the most insane person in the country uh we have lead campaigns going on in Asheville right now where uh our agents are selling you know six to nine houses a month off it so, so there's a thousand ways to get the business all i'm saying is is figure out one of them right Right. And, then hit the, and then hit the throttle. One one is enough if you do it right and you stick with it, right? Yeah. What I mean, how many things are any of us doing at 100% focus, right? I mean, what made me good at EXP was the only time in my life that I ever took any of my talents and applied them at 100%. I winged it my entire life, <laughs> right? And, you know, at a certain point, I was like, listen, I want to assemble a team and I'm not a big fan of 80% of agents to be very candid with you, but the 20% that I fell in love with, I fell in love with. Yeah. And yeah. we all got to get on top of the mountain together right. and I wanted them to succeed. And, and I drove results hard through that, you know, like Barry Pulver is my level one. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, so Barry, I went after Barry cause I like his character. Yeah. And, um, and then Barry uh, watched us do the revenue share and like all good students, it was imitation and then innovation. And he, he, he copied what we did. And then he was like, I like it doing it this way better than the way that Rich does it. And <laughs> I should use these words and I'll use my accent, right? Why would you use Barry's accent? And he started to apply his own spin on things. And it, look, he's got 240 agents in his group. I don't know if he told you that. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, he's, um, uh, oh, Annie, you're very, so you're my level two. My, There's my phone number. Yeah. Annie, my phone number is 833-EXP Realty if you ever need to call me. Uh, <laughs> I am here for you. So, um, so what happens is we have the ability here to, to take all the different talents and apply it to the model that we're in. And I'm not going to talk about EXP any longer. But if you just want to sell houses, let's sell houses here. Let's icon, let's earn shares of stock, and let's start building out that retirement plan while we're in our prime years, our peak time, right? And then if, if, if you like investing... You know, you can play this whole game that I played with EXP stock from $2.87 to wherever it's at today. And then if you like team building, which I like team building and I like leveraging, I'd rather get a 50% referral and never go out and show a house than get 100% and go show houses for 13 weeks. It's huge. Yeah. So again, it goes back to my comment. You're a lead generator or you're a hobbyist. If you figured yeah. out lead generation, then you'll never stop being a realtor because you can't get paid like this. You know, I know that we don't have the flexibility that we tell the public we do because we have sometimes when I had 72 listings, I had 104 bosses, right? Some of yeah. them were married. Some of them never talked at dinner time. Like, I mean, we're taught, you know, but I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that we have the ability here to really have no ceiling. I'm a college dropout. I only became an appraiser. Uh, so my dad would, uh, uh, you know, rekindle our communication here. He was so upset. Um, so I, I became an appraiser just to appease my, my, my dad. I was still thinking like a kid. And it ended up being a blessing yeah. at the time. It didn't feel that way, but I used that knowledge to get into something that better suits me. It's amazing. It's amazing story. Well, and, and so it wasn't as though you started out. I mean, it, you kind of backed into appraising and then you realized it's like, okay, the numbers are better. I can do the math. You know, it doesn't take much of an envelope to figure out this is, this is a better way to go at it. And then you got dialed in and focused you yeah. know, on the one thing that made a difference. I chased a rabbit, Matthew, to the bottom of the well. Mm. That's what I do. 
right? That's, that, you know, it's part of my, my characteristics. So, you know, what I never was in school. First of all, I was never paying attention in school anyway, right? I probably had ADD just undiagnosed, but I was never in school thinking when I grow up, I want to be a real estate appraiser. Right. Right. I didn't I mean, either. Yeah. When I grow up, I want to be middle management. Hopefully I can buy a Toyota Camry by the time I'm 27, <laughs> right? Look, I don't want to do that. I wanted the ability to not be managed, not to fall in line, not to punch a clock, not to have to wear a suit. I wanted the ability to do things my own way. And I was willing to pay the price of failure to figure that out. Yeah. We're all going to pay it anyway. I tell my little four and a half year old all kinds of things not to do. I know he's got to do it. Right. Cause I didn't listen to my pops when I was four and a half years old. He <laughs> has to go through that. So we just, we, we're, what we're doing here is, is, you know, I, I never wanted to be a real estate appraiser. And then when I became a realtor, I, I, I was, I was comfortable with that. I actually liked that job and um, I enjoyed it. And, and, and I love my clients. They're all my close friends. I don't have any friends that I haven't met through real estate. And um, uh, ex- unless you went to high school with me and, you know, most of us are living in different parts of the country. Mm-hmm. So, so what happens is uh, as I had that, um, I, I gained mastery in that. The next thing was, well, I would really like to do something a little bit more entrepreneurial because it felt entrepreneurial when I got my cards made right. and when I got my shirt with my little logo on there. And when I built my website, I felt like really entrepreneurial. And then I got stuck into being a technician because I was doing so much volume to yeah. where I was losing my nights, weekends. Um, uh, you know, my, my personal life was taking a backseat to my professional life. And I have never heard a person interviewed in a retirement home that says, oh, I really wish I would have worked an extra 10 hours, you know, a week <laughs> in my 40s. Right. Yeah, nobody says that, right? No. So, right. And I've never seen an armored a car with filled with cash in a funeral procession either. Nope. Right. So I was like, listen, you know, I am trading dollars for hours and I'm going to lose this battle because statistically, if everything goes well, I'll live 76 years. And, you know, I was 40 when I came to EXP. So I'm like, I'm in halftime. Maybe I'm in the third quarter. I hope I'm not in the fourth quarter, but I better, I better start changing things. I want to travel. Yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to look over and see my wife with a big hat and a bikini in the South of Spain and my kids with, you know, olive skin eating cantaloupe, right? <laughs> I want to take my parents to Italy for a month next year for 30 days. And you know what? I'm not going to have my cell phone on me. Nice. We'll just bring a camera. So, you know, I, I started to think about the life that I, I had and I had the money to do some of those things, but I didn't have the life. Yeah. Didn't I'm have the freedom. freedom. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's it's a different way. The, the difference, I mean, of a job, you know, exchanging time yeah. for money in a sense, and then getting to the point where you are an investor, you know, where you have assets, where you have resources, where you have cash flow that you don't exchange time for money anymore. I mean, there was there, that, there was a tipping point for you in that I'm sure where you started seeing the momentum going in that direction. Um, how did that feel? And when was that uh, yeah, part of the question. journey? Cause it was like, cause I know you didn't, I mean, you, you, you were practicing, you know, and still cranking with the team for quite a while. Right. Oh yeah. I, I, I had two jobs. Yeah. Um, I was like Bruce Willis in moonlighting. <laughs> I mean, I was working at night, a whole separate career. So, well, I had two tipping points. One I just had two days ago. Mm. Um, I added 108 agents in the last 30 days to my group. That's huge. That was, that was, I've never hit triple digits. That was, a triple, <laughs> that, that, that was like, when I saw that pop up, cause it was like at 66, the last time I checked, Yeah, I, I went away for three days and, 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 and I got back and I looked at it and I was like, wow, that's larger than the brokerage that I left that had six branch offices. 
Wow. In 30 days. In 30 right? days, just in one so, month. Yeah. Yeah. So that, so that was my most recent tipping point. The tipping point that shifted me from moving my focus from production to team building um, was it happened to me my fourth month in. So my first month at EXP, I started on August 4th of 2017. And honestly, I tried to quit this company a few times. Jason Guessing, our CEO, is the only reason why I'm still here. Uh, I went to the convention in Florida in October, and uh, it's my hometown. And I wanted to go see my buddy, Gary, who just retired from being a detective for 20 years, and he's in, he was in law school. So I'm like, listen, I'm at this swanky hotel in Fort Lauderdale, the Doubletree in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, come up and let's go have a couple uh, J- Jack and Cokes and, and catch up. It's been a long time. So I was at that convention just to really see him. And then just, I've never been to a real estate convention and I wouldn't have flown to one if it wasn't where I came from. And I met Jason Guessing, who was at the time the president in the lobby. And he said, Hey, are you with EXP? And I said, yeah. And he goes, what do you think? I go, I think this company sucks. And he goes, what are you talking about? I'm like, it took me 30 days to onboard. I've got listings that I have no idea where my broker is in Greensboro. I live in in Lake Norman. I don't want a Greensboro broker. And I'm going to go home and buy a Remax franchise or do something different. I, I'm not thrilled about this. And he <laughs> gave me banks, a, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had nothing to lose. I was on my way out. Right. And, right. Um, and he, gave me, he gave me a cell phone number. And he said, are you willing to help me make this better? And I said, yeah. And I said, as long as you're not uh, uh, fickle to criticism, because that's all I have at the moment, uh, <laughs> I will bring positivity to it at some point. Uh, but you're going to have to make some positive things happen for me because I can't hold on to it. The stock was trading at $2.87 on the pink sheets. We weren't celebrating like we are now. Right. Uh, we didn't have half the technology. I used to, the, the EXP cloud would sometimes break for four hours. Never breaks. Oh. Right. So oh. anyway, so I was, um, so I started to talk with him and we started to build it. And in September, I went to Montana to see another buddy of mine. We live all over the world here somehow. And uh, I left. So I, I understand and uh, he was a, uh, an Italian guy from upstate New York that bought a ranch in Montana. And I had to see this with my own eyes. So I took my one-year-old son, my wife, and my mortgage broker, who's my best friend, and his girlfriend. And we flew out to Denver. And then we drove up through uh, the Badlands and, and, and just all kinds of cool stuff we saw. And we ended up in Montana. And he broke his ankle the first day that we were there. Oh, no. Yeah. So anyway, so I had no revenue share in September, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> October, I made like 200 bucks. And, and then November, I made like $400, which I honestly, I don't know if I even saw the deposits. But December 22nd, uh, $2,235 landed in my account. Now, I didn't even know how to check my dashboard at the time, Matthew. Oh, wow. Because my sponsor had been here about two weeks before I had been here. Just both of you new to the system, right? Yeah, he, he couldn't train me on EXP. We were learning together. So, um, so I, I, I thought there was a mistake. So I went into the accounting and I said, hey, listen, you know, I got a deposit in my account and I don't know which commission this is. I was looking for clarity for my own bookkeeping. Yeah. And they said, that's your revenue share. So they showed me how to check it. And I was like, wow, I had closed 19 transactions. My team had closed 19 transactions that, that month. And I got a little referral on all of them. So this is real. So I called Brent Gove, who I had plenty of access to back then. Brent Gove was, was not as big as I am now, <laughs> Oddly, right? <laughs> right. Now he's got 10,000 agents, right? So yeah. I called Brent Gove up and I'm like, hey, listen, what part did you make the transition from focusing on selling real estate? Because he was the number one agent for Keller Williams and then Remax in Sacramento yep. and focus on this. And he goes, Rich, he goes, do it now, jump in. And I'm like, well, I can't live on 22, 35 a month. And he goes, spend more time. Like you have to buy into this, yeah. right? You're, you're going to need some faith, right? Yeah. There's no, there's no atheist in the front line, right? <laughs> right. You're going to need, right. need, need some faith here. 
So I started to, to, to time block out what I used to do early in my career with for sale by owners. Um, I started to time block out and, and build out two hours once a week to call people that I had done cross sales with. Mm -hmm. And the dialogue was really easy. I needed a metaphor to explain EXP because it was too confusing for me. Mm -hmm. So I just, I created the three lane highway, lane one, sell real estate, lane two, earn stock, whether you like it or not, you can gift it away if you want. Okay. Right. And then lane three is, you know, you could actually work with your friends and they don't all have to be in your town. We can yeah. do something different here. And if you like referrals, I get a, you know, roughly a 3% referral on everybody that continues to come over. So anyway, um, I was able to get through the conversations and we created a lunch to learn. And uh, I figured if I feed agents, they'll come because I go to places for food. And uh, yeah, easy for me. I'm going to eat somewhere. <laughs> Success tip. Yep. And then we had 13 lunch learns going on within 90 days. And uh, then I turned it over to the webinar. We have the biggest webinar in the country right now. So Wednesday at 10 o'clock. I mean, you were on it this morning, right? Wednesday at 10 is awesome. Everybody yeah. needs to put that on their calendar because it's a great, great model explained in the hour that really, in the way that you just heard the high level um, that people can understand it, you know, because it's so, so many, you know, agents, you're thinking, wow, man, you know, if I, if I, yeah, I can sell, I guess, real estate the rest of my life. But when I stop selling real estate, what happens? Right. The I mean, money stops coming in. The money stops coming you in. You can't sell a book of business. Your clients <laughs> are not in love with the person you sell your company to. That's right. That's They're in right. love with you. That's so, right. so like, I'll give you an example, just so, just to speak to some of the fears and, 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 you know, doubt that we have as people, I listened to myself on that webinar most of the time, one more time, I'll go back and listen to the recording. Like if I'm, if I'm doing a breathing exercise or I'm, you know, I haven't run in months, but if I'm running or anything like that, I'll listen to it or if I'm driving and every single time I'm done, I cringe at my performance. And all I can promise is, is stop trying to look good and be right. It doesn't matter. That's a, good, gotta, that's a good success tip. That's a yeah. good success tip right there, right? Oh, you know who taught me that? That's Hank Avink. Hank, awesome. Hank takes his shirt off and he says, stop trying to look good and be right. <laughs> which, which somehow turns into other people taking their shirts off on Zoom. I've been on some of these calls and I'm like, <laughs> what is going to domino of men taking off their shirts and showing their dad bods. I don't know how that keeps going. Yeah. <laughs> Hank. So we look out if you're on a, if you're on a webinar with Hank and yeah. the wave starts guys, that's a success clue right there. Hank. Yeah. We'll get Hank on the schedule. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, we got I'll Nikita coming up next week too. So that's the, I'm pretty stoked yeah. about that. Cool. Um, I'll be, I'll be sharing that guys. I know you have questions for rich. I mean, he and I can talk on and on and on. In fact, while you're, you're queuing your questions in, you can either open your mics or drop it in chat. There are three half marathons coming up in the mountains. I heard you say running mm -hmm. that could be possible for us to train for brother, you know, just to have a reason to run, you know, well, we I just did do all three, but we could. I just did a half marathon last year in um, 54 minutes. I've never run before that. That's awesome. Uh, so I wanted to get it down under 50 because I'm competitive if you haven't determined that. <laughs> That's a good so, goal. Yeah. So I've got a half marathon ahead of me for sure. It wouldn't take a lot to talk me into that. Yep. IDAF Events has the triple. One of them is actually downhill from Laurel Park into downtown Hendersonville, which yeah. should be beautiful. Um, and, you know, downhill usually makes you a little faster, you know, so that might be a record <laughs> for you there. So I'll, I'll, I'll get you on that one. We'll have to get Barry running too. I don't know if 
I don't know if he's oh, got time other than running after kids, but forget it. Barry's not leaving. He hasn't left the house in months. There's no chance. <laughs> I had dinner with him last year. That was the last time I had dinner with Barry and his wife. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. He'll, he'll That's come awesome. around. Questions, guys. What what uh, we got, Rich? For just a couple more minutes, what would you love to ask, Julie? Uh, this is a nuts and bolts question. So, um, yeah, and thank you for the invitation, Matthew. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Um, I uh, I heard I know that you do that 10 a.m. call on every, on every Wednesday, and I'm sure yeah. I would benefit greatly from just absorbing, absorbing, absorbing. Uh, I don't know how to connect to it on a way. Okay. So we got to get you on everybody on this call. You're welcome to join our workplace group. It's called the EXP Family Tree. Uh, Matthew, if you want to lead on that group and share stuff and share your podcast, awesome. you have all of our blessings. We have 1,600 people on that. Hank, myself, Elizabeth Riley, who brought over Gene Frederick, and Mitch uh, in Orlando. Mitch, Mitch and I have the same size teams. Um, we all, uh, the four of us, created that for orphan EXP agents that don't have an upline of, 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 of support. Um, so Julie, EXP Family Tree is on Workplace. And if you join it, which is exactly what it looks like there on the shared screen, um, we post the flyers to all of our training. If you, if you click on, hey, um, Matthew, do you mind if you click on like uh, events or, or uh, you know, something like that, hit events. Here's the training. Let's see if it pulls up. It might not be events, it might be files or pen, let me see here. Try files. See, this is why I always have a team. Um, because- Ton of files. All right, so we have files and we have all of our events and stuff on there. And what we do is we post them on there and it gives you the link to the Zoom call. And then, so we have a, a 10 o'clock Wednesday live EXP explain, which Julie, by the way, I'm glad you were on it this week. Um, you're, you're a busy person. We got to get you a couple weeks through EXP, let the dust settle, and then we'll, there, there'll be a time for that. There's Hank. And then Hank. Um, he's got a shirt and vest on right there. That's good. Yeah. When I see that he has the vest over the shirt, I know that we're safe. Um, Hank does one hour of free coaching to every single person on this group every week. I do uh, two hours. I do Monday for the huddle at one o'clock. That's the other thing. So we meet at one o'clock on the huddle and we discuss strategies. And I normally come in with a lesson, right? I do a little bit of free coaching on there. Not that I'm qualified to be a coach or I have any designations, but I kind of come over with a strategy and then we unpack it and have a Q&A. So EXP Family Tree is the hub of all information. Anything that's important that's coming down the pipeline, we have filtered all those notifiers that are driving you nuts. We filtered through all of that spam that EXP sends and we earmark the things that we think are most relevant to us that are actually in the field working. It's a good, it really, it helps to have a high value signal to noise ratio. It's like, okay, there's so much noise, noise here. How, what do I focus on? Especially as a new agent. I mean, that's a success clue. It's like, you don't have to pay attention to everything, yeah. you know? I mean, work your next 90 day deals, you know, yeah. learn KV core. One of yeah. the things we do is 10 day sprints with, with my mentees where we, it's, it's part of a 12 week year deal where the next 10 days only pick three things that make a better, a difference in your life or your business and then accomplish those in the next 10 days. And don't look at anything else, you know? And um, that's, been, that's been, I think, a big help for me personally, because I have to, I tell them my three big rocks and yeah. then I've got to get them done or I'm embarrassed having the accountability. You know? Yeah, yeah. Matthew, uh, I do the same thing. It's a 365 day sprint for me. I do two things. I attract agents to EXP and I help my agents attract agents to EXP. Anything outside of that, it's not my lane. Love it. 
Right. So, Ju- so Julie, one uh, suggestion that I would have, because I'm, I was super stoked when we brought Julie over in Asheville. Um, Julie's uh, my level three, but I'm treating her like a level one. I've got kind She's of. She's awesome. I've, I've, got a, I've got a professional crush on what Julie's life's going to look like at EXP here very shortly. And <laughs> one thing I would try to say is, is try to have lunch with one fellow agent a week and not talk EXP because right now you're not ready to attract them. Okay meet up with an agent because you're, you know, you should eat out just to get out of the house. We all have cabin fever and, and, and connect with these agents and never bring up EXP. First of all, they're going to be shocked that you didn't bring it up. It's going to build credibility and you're going to be able to organic. They're going to bring it up every time. hundred percent. If I'm wrong, I will buy the lunch that you were on. And, 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 and just for the next 10 weeks, meet with 10 different agents and don't talk shop. Okay. Unless they bring it up. I love a challenge. Done. That's a great challenge. That's it's an easy one. And it's an easy one. Food, so we're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you picked you pick the restaurant. Food. So Justin and I met at Salsa's. That's my 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 favorite place. Uh, uh, first of all, I'm I'm from South Florida, so to find Cuban food is not easy. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and then it's even better when you don't eat, eat on the side of the road at 110 degrees. So I love that place. And then and I told Justin, and it was like we were on our first date. I was like. <laughs> He's like, what's your favorite place to eat in, in, in Asheville? I go, well, it's easy, salsas. Yeah. And he goes, that's my favorite place. And I go, get out of here. You're trying to build rapport through just agreeing with me. And he goes, you're the one that's pursuing me, man. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I guess you have a point. Let's meet there. And um, anyway, that's our go-to every time we're there. Uh, so we can't meet on Mondays in Asheville because that place is closed on Mondays. We, we have the whole thing squared away. But, um, but anyway, yeah, go, go meet with agents. You know, relational equity is an ATM card in my wallet that equates to seven figures a year yes right success tip y'all write that down if you didn't yeah so like julie like i can't speak to everybody else on the call because we're all getting to know each other you guys are getting to know me easier than i am getting to know you on this but um julie i've had the 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 luxury of spending a little bit of time with as we've been going as she was doing her due diligence we were on a real quick zoom call uh earlier in the week in the back of my truck i had it on my console uh, she was in her car and I, you know, I gather a few things from Julie. So like one thing is, is that she kind of, she leads by example, which I'm a big, big fan of. Right. So yeah. she doesn't ever really have to sell EXP. She has to perform at the high level with this brand and she brings instant credibility to the brand. Yeah. And then at that point, all she has to do is return her phone calls and occasionally give someone a poke. It doesn't have to look the way that it has to look for new agents, new agents that don't know realtors. It's harder. It's more of a business model. But if you have that card, you should always play it. Well, and it's amazing, especially with COVID. I mean, it's like we've all been shut in more than we're used to, especially the high eyes like us, Rich. It's like, yeah. let me out of the house, people. I want to have a social. Let's go somewhere and get something to eat or drink or something, you know? Yeah. I mean, Zoom is just not as satisfying. I love y'all no. on Zoom, but I'd rather, a whole lot rather see you in person and give you a hug, you know, yeah. and a handshake and, and stuff. And so, you know, realizing that we need each other, you know, on so many different levels, so many different ways, and we can't do it all alone, you know, and connecting that way and, and authentic, you know, just your buddies, right? I, I, I leave my house every day to go to work and I drive one and a quarter miles, which I can run or walk to easily. I drive one and a quarter miles to my office and I work with my two best friends that came over to EXP a month and then two months later. So I have not felt isolated at all through COVID. 
Um, we, our desk, we measured out are 10 and a half feet apart. Nobody sits at the other person's desk. And then we order sometimes pizza. Well, we'll order three different boxes. We made some slight adjustments um, <laughs> and we're good to go. So, you know, if you don't like your situation, change it. Right. We, our office space costs us 500 bucks between the three of us and then wow. a scanner and a, and a, and a full-size printer lease. I mean, we're, we're in this, like, we're, we spent a 125 on our expenses and then we put an extra $50 in uh, just as a buffer in our savings, in our joint account. It's not, I mean, I have lenders that have offered me $20,000 a month to upgrade my office. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to be in bed with you. Like, <laughs> my best friend's name is Jamie. I'm not going to not give him loans because he doesn't want to write me a check for 20 grand. Jamie won't give me a check for 20 grand. I can barely get him to buy me a beer. Right. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, uh, just do it your way. Yeah. Good, good success tip there. More questions for Rich. We're almost at the top of the hour, running out of time, bro. This has been so much fun. I'm having a blast learning from you. So many success clues. I, I haven't even been able to call them all out. I'm, it's like, just I mean, up. I'm glad we're recording so we can circle back. Normally when people write notes after I'm talking, the, the, the page is totally blank. So just the <laughs> fact that you wrote down four or five things is mind numbing for me thank you <laughs> and when you when you it, all it takes is one good clue i mean sometimes some people just need a clue right it's like it focus on your part of lead gen that you are comfortable with that you like don't feel like you got to do all these things all these other people are doing i mean that's a great freeing thing for a new agent you know to give permission there you know it doesn't I, take that much i heard something last night that changed the way that, that I'll, I'll i'll think forever um i was listening to a story about somebody that withheld information from somebody else that they were very close with. Mm. And they were catching a lot of grief for that. It wasn't crazy bad information. They, it was just information withheld. And uh, somebody said on that call, I'm, I'm part of a men's group. So, you know, my best, my best friends in life right now are eight guys that I've never met that we meet one hour every Tuesday night religiously. We're, we're Zoom friends. We've never met. We're going to wow. try to do a retreat and finally meet. But I know these guys very, very well through the work that we're doing. And one of the, one of the things that uh, the captain of this group said, who I've learned a lot from, he's the different kind of leader than I am. I'm all like, I talk a lot. He barely ever talks. And he just nudges us. and We just go in the right direction. But, um, but anyway, um, he said, uh, there's a big difference between withholding information and healthy boundary lines. Mm. And Gee. if you make that distinction, you know, like what this guy was actually really doing was he was keeping a healthy boundary line for, 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 for the health of both people in, invested in the, in the situation. It wasn't deception, right. right? It could be construed that way or spun that way. But in, in the, if you knew the details, which I can't share, it was a healthy boundary line. And I think that's a very interesting thing. Like even with your clients, I don't know how many of your clients are, are texting you guys and calling you guys at nine o'clock at night. I can tell you for me, that was common. And what I started to do was I started uh, to call them and I said, listen, I'm going to put a voicemail on my cell phone that says that you cannot reach me after six o'clock at night. And I know that you're going to hear that and you're going to have a bad reaction. That's why I'm calling you. So this is why I'm doing it. One, I'd like to goof off at some point at the end of the night, just like you do when you're done with work. Right? <laughs> Second thing, if we're negotiating an offer, you can text me till two in the morning. I promise you I'm up. I live for offers. Right. Everything else I can't solve until the morning anyway. Right. I had zero people give me a hard time. Then I turned it into the listing presentation and to the buyer's agency. If I did work a buyer, which was rare, 
if I worked at buyers because I was related to them and then I made me regret working buyers because I was related. <laughs> you should have referred so, them to begin with, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've sold my parents' houses, trust me. Like if you ever want to age 30 years, just sell your parents' <laughs> house. But um, but anyway, what happened is is that we started setting healthy boundary lines. And realtors are probably the worst offenders of that, of the entire of any industry there is. Well, you train people how to treat you, right? I mean, it's That's like right. you you've got to set the boundaries and really for your own good for your own mental health and your own sanity. Cause it's like, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I've got a couple of assistants that are offshore and we can start working. I mean, they're up working mm -hmm. when I wake up at five, you know, yeah. but do I want to so, be on WhatsApp talking no. to them at that time of day, or do I want to be getting clarity on what my big picture looks like kind of any possible divine appointments I need to anticipate, you know? And so you, the world can come at you faster than you can process it and um, execute, you know, in the best way and, and to keep your family healthy and yourself healthy and sane. So, you know, you're not creative on an on a empty battery and we need yeah. a lot of creativity. You know, I don't know how many of you guys are like this, but as soon as you open your eyes, you roll over and grab your phone. Like if your cell phone is in your bedroom, that's the first thing I would change. Pl charge it in the kitchen. At least you have to get out of bed and groan and walk over to the kitchen and then check it. <laughs> which is a very small price to pay for an unhealthy uh, habit like that. But our cell phones, our screen time has become unbelievably uh, uh, addictive. Yeah. I think that there's cell phone addicts all, all throughout this business. I'd yep. say 95% of us. Yep. And what I try to sell EXP on now, 41 months into the process, is I can at least free you from your addiction if money gets deposited into your account on the 22nd, whether you like it or not. It's just uh, what I consider myself as, is a cell phone addiction therapist. <laughs> that's, a, that's a way to get free from it, isn't it? <laughs> well, I mean, you wouldn't answer your phone unless you had to. Right. And then if you have it in your hand, might as well just reply then. Yep. And if they reply back, you can't not reply. They know the cell phone's in your hand. I mean, you're creating these cycles, these these distractions. And you know, what happens is like, you know, I, 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 you know, I have a four and a half year old and a 22 month old son, right? They're only gonna, they're only gonna be, you know, this cute one time. Yeah, that's right. right. I mean, my son jumped in a shower with me this morning and he was playing uh, a Lion King on there. And I could have been on my cell phone or I could have been laughing and, you know, throwing bubbles and soap all over his Lion King. So he got mad, right? I mean, I, we, we can do one of two different things. You can be present in this life or you can, we're not getting any younger. It's going by faster and faster. Yep. And, and, and yeah, so we're chasing two, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000 a year incomes. And this is what happens. This is the trap. I made $405,000 in 2017 selling houses, right? What, what I do, I buy a nice car because I deserve it, right? I mean, I need a nice car for real estate. I'm selling luxury real estate. I can't pull up in what I drive now. I drive you a, a motorcycle anymore either. No, well, that's my wife. With but I kids. drive, I drive, a, a, no, not even the kids. That's definitely my wife. But um, I, drive, I drive a pickup truck now because it doesn't matter what I drive, right? But we, you buy a nice car and then you upgrade houses, right? Because you're like, listen, if I'm working this hard, I want to have a nice lifestyle. And oftentimes, if you're, if you're living in a $900,000 neighborhood, then your listings are now $900,000, right? So you start making these decisions to, 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 as, a, as an excuse for sacrificing all of your time, focus, energy, and passion. Mm -hmm. And now you have a big mortgage payment and you have a $700 car lease and you have a little bit of a credit card bill and you haven't saved that 200 grand that year. 
And then this happens perpetually year after year after year. And now you can't go on vacation because every time you go on vacation, you're on your cell phone all the time. We've mm. got to break. There's a big problem here. We got to break it. That's a key success yep. tip beyond, yep. beyond the basics, man. That's advanced. Good. That's advanced I'm, ninja training. Sorry to go long. I just, I just, I want that to register. I'm really talking to Julie. I want that to register because when you're doing $14 million a year in business, which will probably continue to increase, you can only sustain that in a way that's healthy for so many years. And we know what that is. The math is in. I did it for uh, 14 and a half years. I can tell you by year 10, I was probably running on fumes, right? So, you know, what we're going to do is we just want to leave everything alone. Let Julie continue to sell all these houses, but let's add some stock that has gone up 2,200% in the last year. And then yeah. let's, add, let's add some relational equity with these people who would love to work with Julie and be on the same dodgeball team. And that's, that's how I unpack this. Like, that's, that's what we're doing here. Huge, yeah. huge. Giving people freedom, time freedom, options, yep. multiple streams. Rich Tomasini. Those three months in Spain, Rich. So thank you for that. Three months in Spain? Yes. That's, that's a good vision. That's good it. Point. Put it on a vision board. Look at that. I stare at mine all the time. I bought the new 2021 Corvette, the C8. Rob Flip, who's the number one agent at EXP, has like 14,000 agents. And he gave me a tip when I started at EXP. Uh, I, was, I was hanging out with him in a bar and I was like an up and comer. So he sat down and talked to me for a minute. And he says, don't ever spend more than one month's revenue share on anything. So I waited 41 months to do this. Success and, clue. Yep. So anyway, put that on your vision. I had that on my vision board, Julie, all throughout 2020. I had the C8 Corvette on it. So just if you see it, you'll make it happen. And I'm not a materialistic person. I'm a minimalist, uh, but I'm a car guy. It's just the car that I want. So my little guy just woke up from his nap. I'm going to go get him. Awesome, man. Right. Thanks, okay. Rich. Thank Great you. to see you. Bless Good you guys. Everybody. Thank you. Don't forget to love your neighbors, everyone. See you Thank next you, week. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate you, Matthew. My pleasure. Great to see you, Julie. Great to meet you. Hope to meet you in person soon. I hope so. Now, where are, where are you located? When the weather's this cold, I'm in Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, all when right. it gets a lot hotter in Charleston, South Carolina, I'll be more in Asheville. Okay, great. Well, I try to make it down to Folly Beach any chance I get, which is only maybe two or three times a year, but I get down there for a couple of nights, but I love it down that way too. We, great. It's great. We'll have to get you down here more often. Of course. It's the best of both worlds. Thanks, yeah. guys. Have a great Bye. one. Bye.